Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, why don't you introduce today's legacy? <laughs> so I have with us both a legacy in the field and a dear friend, Luann Purcell. Thank you for joining us, Luann. Oh, it's my delight. Yeah, so Luann's been a teacher uh, in the superintendent's office, and probably one of your many legacies is being the director of CASE, the uh, Council of Administrators of Special Ed for more than a decade. How's that? Almost two decades. Almost two decades, right. <laughs> 18 years. 18 years. So, uh, Luann, you've seen a lot of wonderful things happen, and, you know, we're celebrating 100 years of the CEC uh, organization. Kind of curious if you think back of all your wonderful legacy activities, what, are, what do you think was you're most proud of or was most impactful in your career? I would have to say CEC. <laughs> um, I started out as a general education teacher, never really had ever even heard of special education. My very first year teaching, and I was only 19, um, I had a, a, a student in my homeroom who was nonverbal. And so he was only there for, for um, homeroom, but I think I made a pretty big impact on him because I, I had surgery and was out for about um, six to eight weeks. And when I came back, his teacher came to me and, and said that Charles had made me something. And, and that was the first time I really ever knew about children who had special needs in schools. Then I moved, my husband and I moved to uh, Warner Robins, Houston County, Georgia, and I taught history. Um, and, and then at the end of my first year, my principal came and said, we're going to have this new class, and since you never send anybody to the office for discipline, <laughs> we'd like you to be the new behavior disorder teacher. <laughs> and I said, well, I have to go to school. And he said, I'm afraid so. I said, I'll take it because I'm a perpetual student. And so that was, but I had not one single class in special education, but we had a local CEC chapter. 878, I still remember the number, uh, and they named it uh, Ellen Malthus after the assistant superintendent at the time, and I was in a closet, didn't have air conditioning or heat, didn't even have a plug-in, and um, uh, it, was just, it was just really one of those things, but I remember that the teachers in our, our county, there weren't very many, because this was back in 74, um, uh, they took me under their wing and we did make and take workshops and they would just bring all of their materials and I don't think I would have lasted as a teacher one year had it not been for that local chapter. Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, well, that's a, that's yeah. actually a great and very heartening yeah. story. Yeah. That's a good reminder yes. to our listeners to get involved with your CEC chapters because there's a lot of support there. Well, and it wasn't just the support. They also trained me how to be a leader because, you know, it was a small group of people and so I wasn't, it wasn't too big of a job for me to be the, in fact, my very first job was um, to be the chair of Exceptional Child Week. <laughs> and the first involvement I had with politics, and you know that with Case, I did an awful lot of that uh, with advocacy, uh, was to get the mayor of our, our town to sign a proclamation for Exceptional Child Week. And then I moved up, membership, president-elect, president, <laughs> all of those things, and, um, that, but it was a safe environment. So then I moved to the state level with leadership and then to the national, international level. And so I think the local chapters really are where we get our leaders from. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. And I'm going I'm to circle back to something that you were mentioning about your background in schools and also now your knowledge and experience as an administrator. Let's say I'm a, a new special education teacher. What do you think 
I need to do to advocate for myself with administration to get the things that I need for the students that I'm serving? Well, <laughs> we, we just had the legacy luncheon here at CDC, <laughs> and I had a table, and, and I, I purposely uh, chose people um, of color and young. And so, because that's, to me, that's what legacy is, is to build forward. But there were um, three tables, uh, one full table from Georgia, and of the seven people, four were folks that I hired as teachers, <laughs> and now they're administrators. Uh-huh. And, and they were all saying, she hired me. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I think that as a teacher, it's sometimes intimidating, especially the first-year teacher. Um, and, and I think that if you can connect with that local chapter, and even if you, even if you don't have a local chapter, you could start a local chapter, but by, by being part of a community, then you have, one, a greater sense that it's not just you. And so you have a little more empowerment to ask that administrator. But also I think it shows um, that you have initiative and that you want to, to learn more and be a part of that. And I think that when you go and ask a, an administrator for something or advocate uh, for your classroom, that if you, if you have that knowledge and you can get that knowledge from exceptional child, you know, from teaching exceptional child, you know, the different resources that CEC has, and so I think that that's really important to be able to, to um, not just have a problem, but to have a solution, you know, or maybe multiple solutions and say, you know, Dr. Purcell, I, I have this problem in my classroom and this is what it is. And I'm th- I think if I just had a, a, one more resource, if I, just, if I could just uh, pull some of these students at a different time or, or to have some suggestions, then that administrator doesn't feel like they're, the monkey's been put on their back, right. but they have some options and they know what direction the teacher is going in. Love it. So, you know, I, I know you have so much wisdom in not just policy, but in working with administrators for those 18 years. And I, so imagine for a moment, you know, this great resignation that we have going on and I'm all excited, I was a teacher leader, and now I'm plopped in and in charge of a building because I have a principals or an AP experience. But I'm left with all these initiatives and all these units and all these legal, where do I start to get my synergy and my strength to not only meet the needs of my building, but start to advocate beyond my building? Where, where do you recommend that advocacy and that, that anchoring start for those new administrators that are like, oh, I'm here and there's so much going on? Well, you know, I know I sound like a broken record here, but it's because, <laughs> you know, I've seen this yeah. over, you know, I, I retired with 30 years in the school district. I worked 18 years with Case, and now I'm on my next three years as a consultant. So I, I have kind of a long, broad view, and I really believe that associations are the strength. They give you, they give you that support. They give you that content. And, and if you're an admi- a special education administrator, um, even if you, you don't have all the degrees, but you have some of those functions, then, then I say you need to belong to CASE, and you need to belong to the state or provincial unit um, that's in your, your area um, because they, have, they know your rules and regulations, and they've, they've been where you are, and they can really help. But the national, international organization also has lots of, lots of materials and resources. I'm so proud that CASE really, at the beginning of the pandemic, they were doing a webinar every other week, you know, 
uh, on Fridays. And, and they, you know, they thought they could just do it for a little bit, and then they ended up having to do it for a long time. And, and they really made those adjustments. And, and I think that, that that's, that, and it's all, you know, pretty much volunteer leadership. But that volunteer leadership trains you to do other things too. My husband used to say, why do you get on all these committees? <laughs> and, and I said, well, you know, uh, he says, you're out of the district all the time. I said, but I know things before everybody else does. So I can then prepare my teachers for it. And, and so there are so many advantages to being ac an active volunteer in your professional association. And I, I think that's, that's a really important point, not one that Lisa and I have said a lot about over the course of our podcast. And you very well articulated it in, in this um, in this meeting is getting involved because ours is a small <laughs> on the scheme of a big school sometimes we're in a really small um, section and you have to find strength somewhere and if if you don't feel like you have it in-house expand and if you do have it in-house <laughs> get those people to help you go even larger that's a great point yeah, and so on my, you know, my last question for you would be, where, where are we going? Uh, if you think 50, 100 years, the next decade, where, what, are you, what are you thinking uh, for leaders in special ed? What's your vision? What's your hope? Uh, what, what do you think's next? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know what's next. <laughs> but, but I do think that we're at a point in time and, you know, there's some awful things about the pandemic, but there are also some great things about the pandemic. Uh, we have come so far in, in our use of electronics and of computers, and, and, and people can no longer say, well, I don't want to do that, you know, because you never know when you're going to have to go virtual or whatever. And so, you know, good teaching, we've always said good teaching is good teaching, but there are some new things that we're able to, to get a hold of uh, because we've had to expand our skill level. And, and so I think at no other time has there been as much resource available to our teachers uh, and our administrators. Um, I think that really because parents ended up having to teach kids, they have a better respect and understanding of what happens in the classroom. And I, I think that that's uh, a place of support that we can have. Um, I think because of the, uh, so many of the shortages, not just because we had shortages, but then because people get sick. And we've had people have to assume these kind of roles, and they go, oh, my God, I, <laughs> I don't know how to do this job. And so they have a better respect for those folks. I mean, it takes, it takes everybody. Everybody has an importance. And so I, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, evidence-based practices, the high leverage practices, you know, we, we, have, we know how to do this. We just have to have the will to do it. And to me, a lot of that has to do with our self-help. You know, we, we need to take care of ourselves, and we don't need to get depressed. And, and again, I'm, I know I'm a broken record. I go back to the associations. You know, um, you just have this family, this community that, that lifts you up and, and is proud for you and proud with you. Um, and uh, we had at, our, at my table, we, I, I picked a, a, one of the... VIP uh, OC uh, uh, folks that got the the scholarship, and she's a first year teacher, and she was so excited. She was sitting next to Lori Vanderplug. So I mean, you know, what a what a professional high. She may not even recognize it now, but one day she's going to look back and say, "Oh my goodness, look who I was sitting with." And um, her professor came up to me, 
and said, I just want to thank you for inviting her and giving her this experience. And you know, I, I was able to do that because I was a part of this profession. And she was able to do it because she was a part of the profession at two different you know, ends of the spectrum. But we got, I got so much out of that. And when I handed my card to the professor, she says, oh my goodness, I met you so many years ago. And you, <laughs> you know, I didn't even realize that it was you. And, you know, to know that you've had kind of that influence, you know, that's, that's worth more than money. Um, and, and what you have to understand is that influence, it's all boiling down to the student. And that's what's important. And so, you know, I used to tell my teachers, when you get a positive note, put it in one of those clear shoe boxes. Put it up on a shelf. And when you're having a really bad day, look up at that shoebox and remember that kind word somebody said to you. And, and that's what we need to help teachers understand, that they can't get their roses from everybody every day, but those roses can be preserved and pulled out when they need it later. All right. Well, we thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of what I know is a busy uh, conference for you and uh, all the work that you've done in the field. We appreciate your legacy, Luann, and thank you so much. Well, thank you, Lisa. Yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciate all you have done over the years, and um, I, I really, really appreciate this. Thank you. So if you have questions, please send us a tweet at Access Practical, or you can send us a message on our Facebook at Practical Access. Thank you again, Luann.